thank you, Eric. So we are here to make every day a clear day, right? Every day a clear day where you know who you are and that you realize that in spite of what's happening out there, you have the power to make this a clear day by knowing clearly who and what you are in truth. And so we are in the middle of a series where we are talking about the creative process and we're using for this series Eric Butterworth's book, The Creative Life. And in this, we are taking a look at the story of Genesis, the creative story through Genesis, and asking ourselves, how can we metaphysically look at this story of Genesis and ask ourselves how we are creating and especially creating from that place of light and love? So we started with in the beginning, right? And so we know that in the beginning of this creative process, we turn to God. Hey, good job. Right, right. So we turn to God. So no matter what's happening, no matter what's occurring in any moment of any day, our first step is to turn to God, to remember that light that has been placed into all of creation and to let there be light. So that on the second day of creation, our message is that we need to, that's where the the ground was, um, not the ground, but the, the sky and the sea were separated, the firmament, and we are called to stand on a firm foundation of faith, right? To perceive life from that understanding that we and God are one and that we are here to create from that place of oneness with God. And so in order to do that, we engage in our power of what on the third day? Imagination. That one was a little unclear. Imagination, right? We are forming in our mind what we wish to see in reality, giving no power to what is happening out there. Instead, we turn to God, stand on a foundation of faith, and begin to see in our mind what we want to see in reality, which brings us to our fourth day of creation. So I'm going to share with you one more time from Genesis chapter 1, the fourth day. And God said, let there be light in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs, uh, be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So here we have the fourth day of creation. Remember the first day of creation? God said, let there be light, and there was light. But it wasn't until this fourth day of creation that the light in the sky was placed there, the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. And I keep coming back to this idea that the creation story is actually not a literal um, creative creation, but that it is an allegorical, a metaphysical, a metaphorical story. And clearly we know here today at this time that the, the light of the sun and the light of the moon, uh, that the moon doesn't actually have a light, right? We see the moon. But it's a reflection of what? The sun, right. So God didn't literally place a light in the daytime and a light in the nighttime. The moon actually reflects the light of the sun. So we look at this metaphysically. What do these two lights have to tell us? And so Charles Fillmore tells us 
that the light of the sun is the light of our spiritual understanding. The light of the sun is the light of our spiritual understanding. And the light of the moon, working in harmony with God, reflects that understanding. It's our power of will. It's our power to choose. It's our power to take action. And hopefully it is reflecting that light of our spiritual understanding. Because we know that the moon sometimes appears dark, right? We can't see the moon. It's not reflecting the sun. It goes through its phases. And that is our reminder that we can take action in the darkness of ignorance and forget about illuminating our actions, our choices, with this power of divine understanding, our spiritual understanding. So let's take a look at that a little bit more deeply. What does that mean? So I'm really clear. Virginia spoke about it a lot in the prayer, right? We're in another week. And in this other week, we've got all the same turmoils and frustrations and problems in this world, right? So, yes, there was another, yet another school shooting. And it's gotten to the point where the the students in Texas said it wasn't even surprising to them that it occurred there. We expected it would occur here one day. I mean, this is one of the things that's happening in our world. At the same time, thank you, God, that many of our kids went to school this week and were fully saved. Both are occurring at the same time. We have wars that are ongoing constantly across the globe. And we have, fortunately, many places where we are experiencing peace in our relationships with one another. You know, we have this great crisis of addiction, the opioid epidemic, all of that, right? And at the same time, We have many people that have learned to be in harmony with the world and not numb themselves with addictive substances. You know, we have murders and thieves and all of those things happening at the same time that wonderful things are happening in this world. So we live in a world where both happen. And it is up to us to decide for ourselves, what am I going to reflect? What am I going to create? How am I going to add to light in the world instead of problems? Our focus as human beings tends to be on the problems. And it's good. It illuminates for us where we need to make some changes. But what are you and I going to do to make those changes? So many times when we look out into the world and we see the problems, we also point fingers of blame, don't we, on what, who needs to change in order for this to be different. And we see that it's the politician's fault and it's the the, the gridlock happening in Congress, and it's the, you know, president passed or president doesn't matter, or it's the gangs, or it's the fill in the blank, but there's something out there that needs to change so that we can finally experience a life in which heaven is revealed on earth. And what I want to share with you is that I believe that that finger pointing of blame is taking action, making choices from the place of ignorance rather than the light of illumination and spiritual understanding. So one of the things that happened this weekend, you may or may not have been tuned into it, but there was a big wedding that took place, right? How many got up to watch that wedding? Oh, there's a few hands out there, right? So there was a uh, 
an American preacher, right, who spoke at that wedding, kind of turned the Church of England on its head because I don't think they've heard preaching like that before. At least not by the looks on their faces. So this was Bishop Michael Curry gave a beautiful, I thought, a beautiful um, sermon. And I just wanted to share one piece of it with you. And this is what he said. Love is not selfish and self-centered. Love can be sacrificial, and in so doing, it becomes redemptive. And that way of unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive love changes lives, and it can change this world. If you don't believe me, just stop and think or imagine. And invoke that power of imagination, day three of creation. Think and imagine, well, think and imagine a world where love is the way. Imagine our homes and families when love is the way. Imagine neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine business and commerce where love is the way. Imagine this tired old world where love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty good room, plenty good room for all of God's children. Because when love is the way, we actually treat each other, well, like we are actually family. When love is the way, we know that God is the source of us all, and we are brothers and sisters, children of God. My brothers and sisters, that's a new heaven, a new earth, a new world, a new human family. And let me tell you something. Old Solomon was right in the Old Testament. That's fire. Yeah. When love is the way. And so we are here to consider that light of spiritual understanding. How will I show up when love is the way? How will I show up in a world where there is war when love is the way? How will I show up in a world where there is violence when love is the way? How will I show up when love is the way? I always start my 11 o'clock morning with the youth down in the circle. And today I, I took their affirmation because it speaks to what we are doing here. So thinking about all of the ways, if love is the way, in order to change my outer world, our children were taught today, I am willing to change my inner world. In order to change my outer world, I am willing to change my inner world. And that requires that I be willing to move from this place of blame of how you need to change and what you need to do and what they need to do to this place of spiritual understanding 
that I here now am this light of God, ready and willing to express my light and to see not only that light in myself, but to see it in all of you as well. Not only to see it in myself, but to see it in every politician that's out there. Not only to see it in myself, but see it within those children that are hurting and that are acting from that place of hurt. To see and to know the truth about who all of us are, not just some of us, but all of us. And to recognize that when I center in that understanding, the actions that I take, the light of the moon here, the actions that I take will reflect that divine understanding rather than the ignorance of fear, separation, worry, doubt, victimhood, blame. Spiritual understanding. We want to know, don't we? We want to know how to fix it. But what we forget is that we are living in a very complex world with many layers upon layers of why things happen. And perhaps the biggest understanding that we could get, not why this is all happening, but the biggest understanding that we could get is how am I being called to show up in the midst of this? Letting my light shine. Creating from that place. So I've been sharing with you through this uh, series the story of our family having gone through a house fire in 2001. And I shared with you my understanding of why the fire happened, right? The first week, my question was, did I create this fire? Because from the time I was 20 years old until this house fire happened, every time that I would come home from being away for a day or two, I would have this thought go through my mind of, oh, thank God, my house is still there and it didn't burn down. So that was my first question. Did I? Did I create this fire? Was I the one that was in fault? And then I shared with you how we were trying to figure out how to make the, this really odd configuration in this two-story structure of our house work better. We couldn't figure out a way. We couldn't figure out a way. And finally, the fire happened. And of course, that was the part of the house that burned down, that we could now reconfigure how we wanted it. So did that create the fire? And as you can imagine, both of those ideas didn't mean anything to the fire department or the insurance adjuster. They wanted to understand what caused this fire. About a week before Christmas, Gary and I had been remodeling our bathroom. And we had taken out the old tub and put in a nice new one, and we had the wall up ready to be tiled. And during the process of this, Katie came downstairs from her bedroom and said, um, my light bulb just popped out again. And it would do this regularly. She'd pull on the switch of her light and then the bulb would pop. And we'd replace the bulb and a week or so would go by and she'd pull the switch and the bulb would go out again. So this was something that had been happening for quite some time. And so in the midst of the remodel, when she came down to tell us that one more time again the bulb had popped out, our response was, ah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll fix it later. Right now we're kind of in the midst of this remodel. So when the insurance adjuster and the fire inspector and whoever comes in to determine what was, the, what was the cause of the fire, to understand what caused this fire, what they determined was that there was a light that had been left on in her closet that had caught the clothes on fire and that that was the cause of the fire. 
it totally felt fine to the insurance adjuster and the uh, and the fire department. They they found the source of the fire, but we knew that that light was not on because it had popped, and that something had happened in that outlet that we should have taken care of, that we should have looked at, that we should have at least made sure that the switch was still on. And we could have, in that understanding, gone to this place of guilt, anger at ourselves, turning it on us like, oh, if only, if only I had taken care of this, none of this would have happened. It could have been yet another example for me of how I am not enough or what I do is not enough or see that proof. Right? It could have been. But spiritual understanding invites us to recognize and to realize that turning on ourselves and putting blame on ourselves and feeling badly about ourselves is not going to make anything better. And so we got to learn to forgive ourselves, to let this go, to surrender it. We had this understanding that we were here in this moment now, and what were we going to create from this? Spiritual understanding invites us to come back to the remembering that no matter what is occurring, no matter what is happening, no matter what is unfolding, the Spirit of God is within me. I want to share with you one more time from the Daily Word this morning because this just spoke to me of what this is about. I saw the bishop yesterday reading from his iPad. I thought, okay, here it is. Here's what I want us to get. Here's our understanding. My divine nature, the truth of who I am, is not simply a presence within me. Take that in for a minute. It's not that that divine presence is within you. That's not the truth of who you are. It's not that there's you and there's this divine presence, right? That's what we tend to think of. Let's go deeper in our spiritual understanding. Let's take it even deeper. And what does the daily word say? It is the very essence of every cell in my body. It is the very thought that I hold in my mind. God is not simply a presence within me. Say that with me. God is not simply a presence within me. Community, we call that a denial. God is not simply a presence within me. God, the very essence of God is every cell in my body. The very essence of God is every cell in my body. The very essence of God is every cell in my body, every thought that I hold. Can you just take in the power of that idea? The very essence of who you are, what is behind every thought you hold, that is that divine power and presence that you are a part. And imagine if you fully got an understanding of that, if your mind was illuminated with the light of that understanding, God is the very essence of every cell in my body, every thought that I hold. Imagine 
how the choices that you make, the actions that you take, the words that you speak would be impacted by the light of that understanding. Now, those those politicians that you want to blame, see them, too, as this. This is their truth, too, and call them higher. Don't see them from that place of problem. See them from that place of possibility, from compassion, from love, and from light. Those ones that are, that are making violent choices in the world, they've just forgotten this. We can relate to that, right? Because we forget it, too. And when you and I forget this truth, this light of our understanding, we know what it's like to act out from that anger and that hurt and that judgment and that blame, don't we? So we can hold everyone in that place of compassion, in that place of spiritual understanding, and then make our choices from there. And each of us has something to do as part of that process. Turn to God. Stand on a firm foundation of faith. See what you wish to see in reality in your mind. And then allow that light of understanding to be that which is behind the choices that you make. We all have something to do. And so we have our practice week after week after week. Gosh, again? Yes. Right? Yeah. So this week... We are going to consider reaching for the moon. So, you know, there's that, there's that idea, just reach for the moon and grab it. What we're going to reach for is that divine idea that I am the Christ, here, expressing, allowing that light of understanding to inspire us. And I want to give you something a little bit calmer and easier to do. And it's so beautiful outside now, right? Spring is here. Thank you, God. So I'm inviting you this week as it gets dark to go sit outside. Look up at that moon. Look up at those stars. Look up at that sky and really take it in the vastness of the universe and how I, I am this little piece of the divine that is here to shine my light and there is no one else in this whole universe that is just like me to share myself with this world. Nobody. We need you. We need us all. Right? I am willing to take that in. How I am divine here. And to allow that to be my inspiration for the week. Will you all join me in that? Okay, so there's actions that you can take around this. I'm going to give you one right here and now. And that is that we are having a weekend, I mentioned this last week, on the opioid crisis. What is ours to do? Not from this place of it's a problem, but from this place of how can I bring about greater possibility. And so we are having a full weekend on that. And we are doing what we can, doing our best to get the information out into the community that we're doing that. And so at the concierge desk, they have packets already made up to drop off. Phone calls have already been made to drop off at your local library, your local YMCA, at some different uh, substance abuse clinics that are around, lots of areas in the Cleveland, but beyond Cleveland as well. So if you are willing to take action saying, I will shine my light to help distribute this information for USC, stop by the concierge desk and pick up one of those packets. Today, we are also honoring one of the lights in our community that are leaving, two of the lights in our community that are leaving, and that is Ken and Mary Cooper. 
And so I, this is the last Sunday that they are here. They say they're going to come visit. They're going to come to the air, visit us. So we're going to see them again. But because this is the last regular Sunday that they're going to be here, I want to give Mary and Ken Cooper a community blessing. So if you guys will stand up, right, and all of us to turn to Mary and Ken here, right, and we'll get the energy going. And the blessing goes, uh, Mary and Ken, we love you, we appreciate you, we, wait, we love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ with you. That's what, it's, what we're going to say. So, Mary and Ken. We love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ as you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed journey to you. And we're going to have cake in the community room after service. So come and join us in saying goodbye to Mary and Ken. So thank you, everybody. Shine your light this week. Reach for the moon. Know who you are in truth. And make your actions from that place of understanding.